Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast as we make it four consecutive league wins and Henrik Mkhitaryan does indescribable things to Sunderland and David Moyes delightfully. This week we're discussing that and the usual youth and loan roundup as well as welcoming Middlesbrough fan Sam France onto the show to discuss our New Year's Eve game with Borough at Old Trafford. Jack, before we discuss the future and before we discuss moving into 2017, Sunderland. We, we've taken on one northeast side. We're about to take on another on New Year's Eve in Borough. But Sunderland have been have been ripped apart, and David Moyes has been made to look like the the average small side manager <laughs> he is, who's extremely bitter and wants revenge on United for him being a very poor manager. Yeah, it was a pretty satisfying win actually. Um, all in all, not only beating David Moyes, which is always nice, especially after. As you said, his um, clear bitterness, I, I would say, over the way his time at United went, but also just an all-round good performance, um, an absolutely exquisite goal by Henrik Mkhitaryan, which I'm sure we'll come to in a second. Um, but yeah, just overall a pretty good performance, honestly. It was a good all-round, all-round team team display. Um, Paul Pogba yet again was spectacular in midfield. Uh, Ibrahimovic contributing yet more goals and assists, which seems to just be a regular occurrence at the moment. Just the whole team seems to be clicking really well at the moment. Even even in the first half, when Sunderland actually um, put up a good show in the first half, to be fair. They had a lot more chances than I expected, but the team didn't panic. We we stayed in our shape well. We kept the ball well. We were um, we kept the ball, but we, we kept the ball while still looking dangerous, which is very nice to see. And yeah, it was a, overall a very satisfying win. Yep. I've realised I've forgotten to ask. How was your Christmas? Um, I'm sure it was made better by Mkhitaryan's Boxing Day genius, the the magic. But how was it in general? It was good. Like as you said, Mkhitaryan made it a lot better. Uh, but no, it was it was 
a nice Christmas. I'm now looking forward to going into the new year, hopefully with a United win against Borough. Yeah, I, I only remember because I am eating chocolate coins as we as <laughs> we talk um, on this. Um, before we move on to Mkhitaryan, I have a long list of things to talk about Mkhitaryan's goal. You can talk about so much about one one little moment, but before we talk about Mkhitaryan, Zlatan, Pogba, all three of those summer signings clicking, performing immensely, consistently, and winning us games, four consecutive league victories, I think it's five consecutive in, in all competition. Let's talk about David Moyes. Um, I need to get this off my chest. Um, he basically said um, that he tried to lose United's traditions, but couldn't convince any good players to sign for him. So signed Marin Fellaini instead, and the play and the managers that came after him lost United's traditions of never spending money. And even then, so basically he failed to to lose United's traditions because no one wanted to play for him, and. He's talking absolute rubbish about United's traditions because Brian Robson, Roy Keane, Eric Cantona, uh, even further back, Tommy Taylor, Dennis Law, and then back in the 2000s, Rio Ferdinand, Van Nistelrooy, Rooney. These are these were all cheap players, uh, nowhere near breaking the British transfer record or any other transfer record. Um, and then this is a man that tried to sign Tony Cruz for 25 million. Uh, tried to sound Gareth Bale for 120 million, but apparently that was the board's fault. Um, that that they refused to pay more than 120 million for Gareth Bale. Apparently that's why he didn't join Man United, not because we had a, a distinctly average manager in charge. Um, anything else to say on on David Moyes' innate lack of ability as a football manager? Maybe his innate lack of ability to come up with a good excuse for why he failed. Um, yeah, like you say, it was a very strange press conference because. He basically said that every manager since himself has done what he tried to do just better and that somehow makes them worse than him, <laughs> um, which was a very strange way of, of going about finding an excuse for why he didn't do well here. And like he said, I think there was there's like this kind of myth, I guess, that, oh, United never spend money, which just plainly isn't true. I think the difference is that United often spend a lot of money in young players, so end up getting a long return. And you think of... You mentioned two that stick in my mind a lot, Rio Ferdinand and Wayne Rooney. Um, you know, they were very, very expensive players, but we rarely do that on players that are kind of 27, 28 or 29, um, which I think is maybe the difference between us and what a lot, a lot of other clubs kind of tended to do. Um, but, I mean, Moyes just, he, he seems to go down in the estimation of United fans with every word that comes out of his mouth, honestly. Um and I think he should just focus on keeping Sunderland in the in the Premier League now because it's getting a bit getting a bit ridiculous, honestly. Um he's running out of excuses for why he failed. And I don't think there are any excuses for why he failed. He didn't have the best squad, granted, but it that squad was not a squad that should have been finished, it's finishing seventh. He was the reason that we finished so low and he needs to take responsibility for it. I'm glad he's back in management. I wish him all the best at Sunderland, but I don't he don't I don't want anything to do with him at United anymore and he needs to stop hanging on to what has already happened in the past. I wish them all the best in the championship with Sunderland. That would, <laughs> that would make me very happy. He talked himself out of, certainly out of my good books and definitely out of a warm welcome at Old Trafford because yeah. before the last couple of weeks, everyone thought, yeah, he's been a bit bitter, but 
Like, we support our managers. We'll give them a nice welcome. And then he comes out and says these things. And forget it. Like, you, you gave us a horrible year. You refuse to accept it. So, goodbye. And, and frankly, good riddance. Um, anyway, on to more, on to a more positive note. Well, I guess the positive note is that we don't have David Moyes anymore. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that lovely? Anyway, um, on, on to Paul Pogba. We're going to leave Mkhitaryan until the end, so we have plenty of time to discuss discuss that goal. Um, on on Paul Pogba, um, an, another fantastic performance. And had Mkhitaryan um, not scored that goal, um, Pogba probably would have been the centre of attention. Um, getting the the assist for Zatan's second goal, um, and generally playing superbly again. Yeah, he he absolutely ran the show in midfield, honestly. And it's not not the first time we've been saying that in the last few weeks. His performances have just seemed to get better and better every week. His contributions are brilliant. Every time he gets the ball, something exciting seems to happen. And what I like about what Pogba's doing at the moment is that. He seems to have simplified his game since the start of the season. His first few months, or maybe not a few months, maybe his first month back at United, every time he got the ball, he tried to dribble past four or five players because I think he felt that there was the expectation that that's what he needed to do every time he got the ball because of the pressure that was on him. And I don't know if Mourinho has said something or he has just realised something in his own mind, but he's calmed down a lot and now he's doing things much more simply but so much more effectively as well. And when he does try and pull off, some of the more adventurous parts of his game, he manages to do them with consummate ease and it's it's a joy to watch him play at the moment. He really is dominating the midfield and showing everyone why he was rated so highly at Juventus and why we tried so hard to get him back. And I'm so glad that he's now in our midfield playing like this for us in front of the Old Trafford crowd where he belongs. Yeah, I I, I can't really say much else. My, my only notes on this say Pogba is a god and... <laughs> I think that's that's all we need to say because he's just getting on with it quietly, which seems strange for Paul Pogba given how much attention was on him. Um, but currently he's, he's he's not coming out and saying anything. And what he does do, there was a, there was a lovely video of him um, visiting. I think it was a seventeen-year-old, seventeen-year-old um, kid at uh, the Man United Foundation, and Pogba went and visited him, gave him a nice Christmas present. Played a bit of football with him and just had a nice chat with him, gave him some advice, and it's and yeah, of course it's it's not him saying, "All right, I want to go do this." It's obviously someone else saying, "Right, uh, right, Paul, can you can you come and do do this as a favour?" And he's gone, "Yes," but even then, he did it in a very nice way, and and I appreciate that. If uh, maybe you don't, but I do, and that that's alongside him playing fantastically. Um, yeah, and at the moment he's just a very likable figure, and his celebration—it's um, very hard to stay clear of this Mkhitaryan goal. His celebration for Mkhitaryan's goal—it wasn't even a celebration; it was a—it was just—he <laughs> ran over, hugged him, and then sort of looked around and just started shaking his head, nodding his head, going, "Oh yeah. my god, what what have I just seen?" And just laughing and smiling, <laughs> and looking around like for confirmation that everyone else had seen the same thing. Um, <laughs> that was very nice. And then Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, Pogba is a god and Zlatan is an anomaly. Um, 50 goals in the 2016 calendar year. Um, our last seven goals have had Zlatan involved in them directly. Five goals and two assists in the last seven. Uh, all three of Paul Pogba's assists this season have been to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The, 
maybe we're too reliant on him, but at the moment it doesn't doesn't really matter because he's in such immense form. Um just playing playing so well, scoring every game. Um I think he's one off. If he scores against Borough, I think he's equaled the most goals for himself in a calendar year, which is at thirty five is just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he's been immense. He really has. And these goals have been so important to us as well. He hasn't been he hasn't been scoring consolation goals at the end of games. In he really has stepped up and scored really important goals when we needed it. Being at one nil against um against Sunderland the other day was not a comfortable position to be in. They were still creating chances. Um and they, all right, we got a little bit lucky, I guess, with that goal um with Andong giving the ball away. Um but he really like he took that goal very, very well. It was not easy. And I thought when he took those couple of extra steps before he's shooting, I thought he'd missed the chance up, but he just drew Pickford in and it was a almost a little dink over over Pickford over Pickford's leg. Um it was a, a great finish. Another Pogba assist for Ibrahimovic as well. I think every Pogba assist for Man United has gone to Ibrahimovic still. Um, which is quite incredible. Those two seem to be forming quite the partnership. And just his general plays that is so good, like his two assists show that as well. I think a lot of people kind of see Ibrahimovic as a very kind of unmobile um, just back back to the to goal, hold the ball up striker. But he really isn't like that at all. He gets into the channel so well. His distribution is so good. He can do anything with right foot, left foot, and his two assists just show that perfectly. The first one he peels off to the into the channel, picks up the ball and lays it off to uh, off to Blind delightfully. And the second one, as soon as Valencia got got the ball from um, from the the terrible pass from Sunderland again, um, as soon as Valencia picks up that ball. Instead of just running blindly forward where there wasn't much space, he moves out into the wide position where there is a lot of space and he almost sacrifices his own chance to score and then puts in a, a brilliant ball to Mkhitaryan before that finish. Um, but he, he he's making our whole team click at the moment, I think, because he's given us a focal point that we haven't had in the last few seasons and it, it makes Pogba's job in midfield, along with Herrera and Carrick, that bit easier because they always have a clear target to go to when we try to move forward. Yeah, it it really annoys me sometimes. It's really frustrating to watch when it doesn't come off, when Zatan sort of moves to the wide area or starts playing at centre-back because that's where the ball is and he knows that he's better than most players. So whichever position he plays, he's going to have an impact in. But then it does come off and it's it's paid dividends so much this season. And the amount of, I'm happy to accept how frustrating it is when it doesn't come off when you see Zlatan sort of lumbering around in midfield and you think, what are you doing? And he had, he had quite a poor game on, uh, on Boxing Day. (laughs) Like he was, before he scored, he was playing quite poorly, but he scored once and assisted twice. And the assist for Daily Blinn's goal, um, obviously the cross for Mkhitaryan is brilliant, but the assist for Daily Blinn's goal, I think that shows his, his football intelligence and the, the genius of that. It's just a little tiny poke. He's aware that Daily Blind's coming running in and just li- little tiny touch to perfectly put it on Blind's, uh, on Blind's foot and, and Blind finished, uh, very, very well. I think that's his first goal of the season. Um, playing at left back and hopefully Luke Shaw is back soon. Anyway, let's, let's move on to the real talking point. Um, Mkhitaryan. Is uh is fun, humble, exciting, and very very good at football. 
it, it's very hard to describe his goal. Well, well, it's so hard to describe his goal. It, it's almost impossible to explain it and describe it. And, and then he realised that he actually had to do it. The thing is, I think our favourite goals, just as football fans or, or sport fans in general, um, can be like just thumpers, like um, like really simple, but just really good to watch, really satisfying. So uh, let, let me think. Skulls against Brentford, skulls against Villa even as well, or Rooney against Newcastle. Back. Pogba against Swansea. Yeah, exactly. A uh, more recent example. Um, but but for me, the best and the most memorable and really your favourite, if you really think about it, the, the sort of incomprehensible goals that, that really test your imagination. The ones you have to watch twice to... Not even twice. The ones you have to watch from every angle, from six or seven times to realise just how good they were. Um... Mkhitaryan the other day, Ronaldinho against Chelsea, where he had no backlift and he, he scooped her over the keeper from the edge of the box in the Champions League. Paolo Di Canio scissor kick, yeah, it was that that was a thumper, but it sort of defied the laws of gravity. How high he got and how quickly he managed to move his foot, the, the amount of power on the ball. It's it's also that's why that's why when the when a shot comes in off the bar and goes into the net, that's that's really satisfying. Uh, I think I think the best goals is when there's the finest line there between despair and celebration. That's when football is at its best, when it really tests you. And Mkhitaryan's was that. Incomprehensible, impossible to explain and describe, let alone execute. I mean, the goal alone was brilliant. I didn't, I didn't really notice it because we were watching on the stream and uh, it looked like he just sort of side-footed into the net. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then everyone was going mental. So we looked at the replays and realised that actually it was... Uh, one of the best goals at Old Trafford for for many years. Um, on the, on United's website, there's a there's a video of the six angles of the Mkhitaryan goal without commentary, but with the with the crowd noise, and it's the same roar each time, obviously. And the roar is like it's it's unlike most goals because first there's there's sort of that silence, and Mkhitaryan's just stolen the breath of everyone, and that's that's yeah. for a millisecond, and then then there's astonishment, and then there's just the the unadulterated joy at this ridiculous goal this ridiculous demonstration of ability um i think i've i think i've talked myself quite i I need a drink of water now but that goal was just oh i could talk about it for days yeah it was it was just the audacity to try it i think is what is what shocks people most in the stadium um like that kind of initial moment of astonishment was almost before it hit the back of the net it was like Oh my god, he's actually just tried that. Like, and I, if it, and if it hadn't come off, everyone'd be like, "Oh, what, what a stupid idiot! Why, why the hell are you trying that? Like, what are you trying to do? Be sensible." Um, and then it ends up, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it just flew like anywhere in the net. It flew right into the corner. Like, it just, it, it just staggers me that he thought to try that in the first place, and then that it came off so perfectly. It was just ridiculous the way that. Oh yeah, I just. I can't. I still can't really get my head around it. Honestly, it was just. I've never. I've never really seen anything like it in a, in a game. It was just incredible. And like they said, I was watching on a stream as well, and I didn't actually notice it at first. I, I just thought that he, he he like volleyed volleyed it in. Um, and then I saw. And then I saw people like going absolutely mental about it on on Twitter and um and everything. And I was like, what the hell? So I watched like a few vines of it on Twitter, and then it was only then that I realised. And my initial reaction wasn't almost like celebrating the goal it was like just shocked that it, it come off <laughs> yeah 
I mean, that's the kind of thing that Zatan tries and and Paul. <laughs> not not even Zatan pulls that off. That's a, that's sort of another level. Um, mm. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's so good. It's so hard to. It's so hard to put into words why it's so satisfying. But everyone who's listening is feeling this this same feeling of just immense satisfaction and, and contentment. Uh, we're, we're a day on or two days on from that goal and everyone's just sort of... Everyone's life is better because of that goal. I can't think of anyone who, who wouldn't be happy because <laughs> Sunderland had already lost. I can't think of anyone who wouldn't be... Whose life has not been improved by seeing Mkhitaryan do that? Anyway, let's let's move on. We're still sixth, um, so so all is not good. But four consecutive league wins. Um, we just need others to slip up now, and at least one of Liverpool and City will do on New Year's Eve. Uh, Spurs have got Chelsea soon. Arsenal are playing an inform West Ham, who, who sometimes trip them up. How long before we? Get a get in or just outside of the top four because at the moment we're four points off. I think. Well, I mean, a it depends. I guess how long how long our winning streak continues. I mean, if we keep playing like this, you think it won't be too long. It will just take a couple of slip ups from the teams above us. Um, the the worry comes if our form starts to drop off because owing to our poor starts of the season. Other teams maybe can afford to have one or two slip ups, and they can still be in the running. But we really can't. If you know, if we lose, if we lose and draw a game before any of the others do, we're now looking at what nine point gap, which is incredibly tough to make up um, in the second half of the season. So we have to make sure that we keep winning in the next few few weeks. I know Arsenal's um, fixture list over kind of the new year January period is extremely favourable. I think their their next four or five games are all against very beatable opposition. Whenever they play anyone, um like any of the big teams. So we just need to make sure we keep pace. Listen, at at the moment we're doing everything that we can. We've put our bad start behind us and we're winning our games. And if we keep doing that then hopefully something will come our way. But we need to just focus on ourselves, keep winning our games and hopefully the other teams will come back to us. I, I wish I think they will. Um but I mean, if we if we keep if we keep this form up, I I can see us getting back into the top four soon. Right in youth news, no youth game since we last spoke to you. The academy players have been on a on a nice Christmas break. I think they come back to training on December the twenty eighth from that break. But in t- in terms of coaching staff, um, Brighton's head of academy recruitment, Mark Anderson, has announced he he has joined the United Academy. Um, his role yet to be announced. Um potentially working under two Manchester City scouts or now former Manchester City scouts who have now joined United and uh, I think will become head of academy recruitment um, at United rather than City and, and Mark Anderson could be working under them. In low news, Joel Pereira is reportedly drawing interest from Benfica for a transfer. Um, Pereira is on loan at Belenenes, their first choice goalkeeper currently. And he's impressing. Sort of conflicting reports in in Portugal about this. Some say it's true. Some say it's uh, ridiculous. And, and United will never sell him at this early stage in his career. We can't say, but it's good he's being recognised for his his excellent performances in the media. Another goalkeeper, Dean Henderson, made his first team debut for Grimsby Town on Boxing Day, having been a substitute goalkeeper 
for for almost every game since since joining the League Two Cup. He kept a clean sheet, which is is good to see. Right, we're delighted to welcome Middlesbrough fan and editor of Ava UK, Sam France, to the show. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, Lovely to be here. B- before we get started on our New Year's Eve game against your lot, um, the important questions. Did you have Brussels sprouts with your Christmas dinner? And did you have a good Christmas? Um, I suppose some would say those questions sort of depend on each other. Well, last night, absolutely I did. Because, I mean, yeah, I think the traditional Christmas dinner is the main part of it, and I think you've got to be some sort of Christmas-hating lunatic not to have a sprout or two involved. I mean, Christmas itself was good, Boxing Day. Bit of a letdown on the Middlesbrough side of things. Thought I'd put a down on the whole thing, but you get used to that, so... A 1-0 defeat to Burnley for, for you on Boxing Day. How, From a Borough fan perspective, how has this season been for you? Because obviously it started in... Slightly odd circumstances with your manager, sort of not not knowing whether he wanted to be at the club or not, and then eventually he stayed, and then now it did. I think I think that a lot of that I think was perhaps overplayed by the national media from the sounds of things coming from from local media. It sounded like it wasn't necessarily as much of an issue as people have made out. I, d- I don't think there was ever really a chance of him walking out, given where we were on the table at the time. I obviously think it's not ideal. I mean, it left some, it always means that there's a bit of a question mark there with his relationship with the players, but I think for the most part, we seem to have moved on past that. Season as a whole, I would say, is going pretty much as well as we could have hoped. I think before Boxing Day, we would have said very well, and now quite well, because Burnley, it sort of developed into a bit of a rivalry over the last couple of years in the Championship. And to lose that game in the way that we did was very disappointing. But um, I think for the most part, things are going to plan. Solid rather than unspectacular, you'd say, if you've watched any of our games on television this season. Um, but but I, guess, I guess solid rather than spectacular is quite a useful thing to have in your uh, the first season back in the Premier League. It's, it's what we want, basically. Um, I think the, the main, the whole plan is to stay up this season and then maybe spend some money in the summer. But, um, I think if you look at the goal difference of the teams around us, I think that shows why our conservative, you might say, approach isn't such a bad thing because it is, I think we're on about minus four, minus five and then teams around us on minus 15, minus 20. I think that's the sort of thing that will stand us in good stead. Not only for this season, but it gives us a solid base to build on next year as well. Yeah, whole city sitting at the bottom at Christmas, uh, minus 25 goal difference, and you're on minus four. So, yeah, so uh, that's certainly a point in your favour. Looking at United, looking at United from a, from an outsider point of view this season, um, you've been to a couple of games with Favel this year. Um, what, what have you thought about us, about Pogba, not, not coming from, because you ask an Arsenal fan about this, or a City fan, or Liverpool fan, it's a waste of money. You're not, you're not playing that well. We'll, we'll finish above you. Coming from a Borough fan, a much more sensible breed of football supporter. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What have you thought of United? Largely, I have been, I have been reasonably impressed. Um, I don't think the title is still within any sort of reasonable reach, but I think that um, 
the games that I've seen have been impressed with, and I think that's had a lot to do with Henrik Mkhitaryan more than anyone else. Um, I'll obviously give his goal against Sunderland, that's not an exactly revolutionary thing to say, but I think that he more than perhaps Pogba's Latin is the player that Jose should be building his team around. Um, I don't think it's too much to say that he's he's on the same level as De Bruyne as or perhaps the, uh, potentially sorry, the best player maker in England or maybe Europe. I think a player like that always gives you a chance. Um, I think looking at the table, the team is a bit of the Arsenal and Spurs. They've always got a disaster in them. They've always got a bit of banter ready. So I think the top four <laughs> is definitely possible. Yeah, I think that next season, as long as you continue to build around Mkhitaryan and Pogba, I think that you'll definitely be up there in the title race rather than the chasing pack as you are listening like this year. That's a that's a very positive view. I like that kind of view. Mkhitaryan, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mkhitaryan's goal. Oh, we, we've spoken about that, that was, earlier. Just, that was, that was dirty. Yeah, uh, dirty is the right word for it. Lovely, lovely to see it against Sunderland as well. Yeah, <laughs> for, for both of us. I was slightly disappointed that the the camera didn't cut to David Moyes at that moment. I would have loved. A, it would have been nice to see a, yeah, been, a good thirty yeah. second study of David Moyes' face as that, <laughs> as that goal went in. Um, I would have appreciated. That, <laughs> that would have been. Um, <laughs> um, going, going into the game on New Year's Eve, um, I'm I'm not really a fan of playing on New Year's Eve. I don't know what this new this new thing is. I like the New Year's Day when you're you're sort of you've woken up at about twelve. And suddenly you have a game to, to sit in front of the TV. But anyway, on New Year's Eve, what, what do you think the game's going to be like? You're coming away from home to Old Trafford, which recently is is improving in its in its fortress-like stature, um, mm-hmm. as as the cliche goes. A- any key injuries you've got, and who who's going to be the player that's going to going to ruin us? I think, given the reputation of the two managers, I'm not expecting an entertaining game. <laughs> I think it is very much it is Mourinho against Mourinho 2.0. There's going to be a lot of defenders on that pitch. Um, one who won't be there, uh, Antonio Barahan, our right-back, is suspended. I think he picked up his fifth yellow card against Burnley. So there's going to have to be a bit of a reshuffle at the back, either with Fabio, uh, a man I'm sure you all know very well, possibly being shunted up to the right, or perhaps Callum Chambers. But um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of direction we go there. So I, th- I think with a left-back not at full fitness and a right-back potentially playing out of position, then your wide players could potentially have some joy there. Um, who's going to cause you a problem? I, I, I would love to say Adama Traore, because he's by far our most dangerous attacking player. But we just cannot trust that he's going to start. Because... I mean, Karanko, he likes, he likes his team to be compact, he likes his team to be well set up. And Traore, as good as he is on the ball, his end product's not superb. And his tactical awareness is basically zero. He will run around a lot and he'll take the ball past a lot of players, whether it'll be in the right direction or the right half of the pitch is anybody's guess. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I see a goal for Val Negredo. As a former city man, he's been, he's hit good form recently, and I think he's a big game player. So, yeah. Right, okay. I reckon a volley rivaling that of Mkhitaryan's from Alvo and Agredo <laughs> in the 93rd minute. And is that to, is that to equalise or just simply? A no, no, it's a, con- it's a consolation and a form of loss, realistically speaking. <laughs> right, we'll take that. Excellent. <laughs> That's uh, even more optimistic than me and Harry were thinking. <laughs> yeah, Jack, what are you going what? for this game? 
I was thinking a much um, a much scrappier game, honestly, one more more defensive kind of game that we we might be looking to win by a single goal, maybe. Um, I th- like, like you say, I don't think it will be a particularly entertaining game, Sam. Um, Borough Borough are very good defensively at just at setting up, and you know you know what you're going to get with Borough against against big teams. They're going to defend well. They're going to be compact. They're going to be tight. They're going to be tough to break down. So I think we're going to have to be patient. I, 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 in my head, I have visions that it's going to be like Arsenal's game against West Brom on Boxing Day. We maybe can fashion some chances, Borough will sit deep, and it might take us most of the game to get uh, a goal. I hope it's not that stressful, and I hope you're right, Sam. I hope it is a 4-1 win to United. I think that's, if you look at our record against the big sides this season, it's quite mixed. Um, yeah. We had, we had a pretty horrible spell of fixtures against his Arsenal, City, and then Chelsea in the space of four games. And we took we took two point we took a point off Arsenal we took a point off City single goal defeat to Chelsea but then we've got absolutely ripped to shreds by Liverpool so I think it really depends what sort of game plan we go with and how well it's executed because against Liverpool I d- there didn't really seem to be one yeah so if, we, if we play like we did against Liverpool just a couple of weeks ago then we'll be in trouble yeah I'm I'm not going to do a David Moyes and say we aspire to be like Liverpool but. It would be quite nice to get a victory like that. <laughs> yeah, you can't say this on, on that book, in this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, so thank you very much for coming on. Have, um, have a very good new year. Um, Absolute pleasure. And um, we might speak yeah. in 2017 yes. as well. Well, you to have too good of a New Year's Day. Because it would rather put a damper on things. Cheers <laughs> for having us. See you soon. Right, we've got a, a question this week, um, slowly building. Get sending in your questions to, to at UTD Weekly Pod, that's P-O-D, next week. Um, don't forget, because it, it adds a nice bit of, of listener contribution to the show. Anyway, this one comes from an Everton fan. See, United fans are doing very poorly. Everton fans are, are doing well here. He asks, um, this is at Jack N-S-N-O. Not sure what that stands for, but thank you, Jack. Um... He asked Memphis Depay and Schneider Lynn to Everton. Um, there's, I, I'm not entirely sure that's, that's actually a question. It does have a question mark at the end of it, so I, gu- I guess we can we can use that. I guess do we want them to go? Let, or let's do we think it let's will split it. Yeah, let's split into two. Do you want them to go? And they will go. I wouldn't mind seeing going. I would prefer Memphis to go on loan. I think um, just because. I'm not convinced that Memphis has lost his ability. And I think we could end up with this coming back to bite us if we sell him and he then turns out to be a very good player at Everton. I would like us to loan loan Memphis just to see what he does at Everton with some minutes because there were flashes last season that he was getting back to somewhere near his best, albeit in the Europa League against not for a very good opposition. But I'd like to see him actually playing some regular football because he hasn't really had that at United. Even when he was playing under Van Gaal, he had, what, maybe 10 games at the start of last season? But apart from that, he's never really played regular first-team football in England. I mean, I like Schneiderlin, but he, he isn't playing at the, moment, at the minute. He can't force his way into the team. He seems to be below Fellaini in the pecking order. He really is just taking up squad space. So if he were to leave, that, that, that wouldn't be the big at the end of the world. I think they, I think Schneiderlin will leave this January. I'm not sure about Memphis. I think Memphis might leave in the summer. Yeah, I'd like to see a, a Memphis loan to Everton in January till the end of the season. 
they've got Yannick Balassi injured now, so potentially some minutes there for for Memphis if he if he does go. If that's we don't even know if that's true, but if it is, then that would be good. And yeah, let, I mean, it would be nice to give Morgan Schneider his career back. So yeah, let, let him go, and hopefully we get some of our money back that we. Uh, I think it was 24 million we paid to Southampton. Thank you for sending in that question. More of you need to start sending them in. Um, do so at UTD Weekly Pod. If you want to hear more from us, um, that, that is all we have time for on Series 2, Episode 18 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Um, but if you do want to hear more from us, you can follow me at, at Heroism64 on Twitter, Jack at, at UTD TAIT. And you can follow our guest, Sam France at S Jake F, I believe it is. Yeah, as I said, that's all we have time for. Um, you can follow the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod POD on Twitter. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, undoubtedly made more so by Mkhitaryan's magic on Boxing Day. Um, have a brilliant New Year, and we will see you in 2017. Goodbye. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.